Bill, can you let everyone know your your name and when you were in Dana? <coughs> yeah, just a thing. I, I got to remember my name. <laughs> yes. I was Bill Dawes, known as Billy Dawes, and I was stationed there from 1971 to 1976. Was in supply section, but most of the time on the sports field. Oh. What, what kind of, what did your job entail? Like, can you describe a little uh, bit of it? Uh, just this average supply work. Mm -hmm. uh, I worked mostly in procurement and uh, on the new uh, TNR system, the, as we updated to an automated system from the old card deck system. And by the sports field, do you mean the baseball diamond and the rink? I think I played baseball and hockey and badminton and broom ball and flag football. Oh. Whatever was there, I played it. You can ask Dave Brown. <laughs> so you kept really busy. Yeah, I kept busy on the sports field. That's why we kept wondering where the hell I worked. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what street you lived on, Bill? No, I don't. But I can remember when you went into the BMQ area uh -huh. on the left hand on the left-hand side was the curling rink and the school. You went around the corner and you went up, and we were both the one, two, three, four. The fifth house on the right, across from Rostokas, okay. across from the San Lorenzo. And were you in? Were you in Dana with your family? Yes, I was. And do you have their? Can you tell everyone their name? Yes, it was Vicky Lynn Dawes and Kenneth Donald Dawes and Chris Wayne Dawes. Okay. So Chris, Ken, and Vicky are their names. Yes. Mm -hmm. Vicky worked in the curling club, and she worked mostly at a place called the Quarters. It was a, it was a restaurant on the way if you, you go towards Saskatoon just before you turn right to Saskatoon. There was a, there was a restaurant with a garage. It was called the Quarters. She worked there. Okay. Do you remember any of your neighbors or coworkers' names? Oh, I remember all my coworkers. Uh, oh. You want their names? Yes. Oh, the two S logos, which were the bosses, was Dave Brown and Ken Garrett. I think Dave Brown replaced Ken Garrett. The sergeants over a period of years, because I was there five and others were there usually three, were Johnny Johnson, Ron Farrell, and Trevor Jones. Some of the co workers were Al Stipe, which I think you've interviewed, uh, Claude Bellick, which unfortunately I believe has passed away. Uh, Gabby LaFrance, uh, Pat Saint Laurent, who's also passed away. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys there. Gary Hiltz. And then the civilian side, it was Joe One, Joe Runs, uh, Brisk, Mike Briscoe, and some others. That, uh, I remember a couple of Army lads came in in the last, the last year I was there. I can picture them, but I can't think of their names. Mm -hmm. So it was it was a small section. It wasn't a big section. We we had guys up the hill that supported the radar, and we supported the domestic side for lack of a better term, I guess. And where were you before Dana? Before Dana, I was in Saint Jean, Quebec, from sixty-five to seventy-one. And do you remember your first day in Dana? First impressions or anything you did or? Well, first well, first day we went to Dana, I arrived. And there was no PMQ available, so they said you had to find accommodation. So we went really about 50 miles south of the base, 
devastation into Watford, Manitoba, or Watford, Saskatchewan, I should say, not Manitoba. And there was a, we rented a cottage there. I think we were in a cottage for two months. It was fantastic. The government paid for everything and gave us all kinds of money for food that we didn't really need. And there were swimming pools and everything. So the first two months was was glorious. And I, the only reason I kept going back and forth to being late, of course, was I had to play ball. Oh. <laughs> and what are some of your favorite stories or memories of Dana? Oh my goodness, there's so many stories. I I can remember one of the winter carnivals one time. We were, I think it was 1975. Uh-huh. Uh, there was a carnival every year, but 75, I remember, we were Robin Hood's men. Oh. Everybody, the theme was, and I remember myself and Pat Saint-Laurent, a couple of others, we went up on the stage and the CO was there with the mayor was there and the place was packed and you know, being a young guy, a little stupid, we went up there and I had a sheet over me, all covered in green paint, because we were Robin Hood's men, and we said, we're Robin Hood's men and we're from Ward 1, and we came to Carnival for fun, fun, fun. If you get excited and kick us out, suck it to you, baby, let it all hang out. And I pulled the sheet up, and all I had on was a fake penis, that was it. I don't know if you can publish that, but I can tell you the that that was Saturday night, Monday morning. I was called in by the base commander, Crombie, must have been seventy three, and he gave me. I said I didn't do that. He said, "Does nobody else does that? We know it was you." I said, "Sir, I wasn't there. I swear. I guess if he's alive, you'll know I did it now." And you still remember the rhyme? Pardon me. And you still remember the rhyme? I still remember the lines, yeah. The rhyme, I yeah. I never forget that. <laughs> and we did, and I was coach of the, like, the hockey team. I played a lot of hockey. If you remember, we won the championship for three years in a row. We had a great hockey team. I wasn't one of the better players, but we had guys. I, I remember all their names and where they worked. And they were awesome. We had a wonderful time. The biggest thing I remember about Dana is the clinic in the lounge, the 1972 uh Cup against Russia, Canada against Russia. The base commander, Crombie, Lieutenant Colonel Crombie, he said, shut the place down. We're going to skeleton staff. We we're all told to go for our best. And we watched the game live when Paul Henderson scored the winning goal. Oh. That was amazing. We must have had the bars were open. Everybody was drinking. And we won that game. And it was one of the most satisfying times I had. I do not remember a bad time in five years where we ever kept mad at anybody. I'm sure there was upset. I'm sure I probably upset people. But I do not remember any bad experiences. Only remember the good stuff. Oh. I remember another time I was playing improved home hockey and I got cut in the face with a bucket and I got stitches. But I was going back to the base station. And improved home wasn't too far, right? You know, just down the road for playing hockey there. And I'm coming back and I got my hand over my eye. And I'm, we're pulling into the base. And just at that time, Tish, Tessier was his name. She was our secretary. She said, are you okay, Bill? And I had my hand out with all the blood running down my hand. She said, oh, my God, what happened? I said, I lost my eye. I can't see. Oh, no. They took me in, and they stitched me up. I remember the doctor, Sikorsky, Sikorsky, I forget his name. He just put the stitches, stitched me up. I went back and played hockey. <laughs> That's what you did in those days. That was amazing. And I don't know. There's other stories. I mean, there's so many things. The life. The life in the junior ranks was fantastic. 
we always snuck over to the senior NCOs later on. And then I remember going in the officer's mess a couple of times because they played a game called crud, which basically it was after a few drinks, everybody stood around the pool table and it was one guy playing two guys. <laughs> the idea was you had to take your ball, knock the other person's ball just a little bit, and the other one has to run down the other end and get their ball and hit yours back before they stop moving. So the slower you hit it, the better. But to get to the other end, everybody was running interference. There's body, no hands, but you're allowed to body check. We had people flying everywhere. That was our officers. Those were our leaders. My God, it was wonderful. <laughs> it sounds like fun. Oh, it was, we had, I don't remember a bad time. I also remember a Halloween party. That's probably where I got the idea for the Winter Carnival. I remember we went to a Halloween party and I had a rubber mask on and a trench coat and I had a woman's beige bodysuit. In those days I weighed about 145 and we had a fake penis but we made it out of a knife. It was a French shape with a nylon shoved in it, sewn onto me and I went in there with this trench coat. I probably can't publish this but I went on with a trench coat and everybody said, who are you? I said, surprise. <laughs> and nobody knew. And I don't drink. So everybody there, and I had a beer in my hand. And I sipped on it for about two hours. I couldn't stand the taste of it. But no one knew it was me because I wouldn't. I, nor, I normally never drank. Uh -huh. <laughs> but it was great times. I don't know. We played flag football. We, there's so many of our people, our friends that are passed away, unfortunately. It just it really is sad. But. To be able to go back and see everybody, and in 1986 or something, 86, 87, when they were starting to close the radar sites, I happened to be stationed Air Command headquarters in my job because Dave Brown was there. He used to be that so long ago, and everybody knew me. They said, you're going to do the radar closures. So we went out and did the audit to make sure everything was in order, ready to close down inventories, following the regulations, the oil under the... Towers had to be shipped back to the states because it wasn't our equipment. It was our own. Anyway, when I went in to do data, my goodness, there's a lot of changes. But the people all remember me. I remember a lot of them. It was funny. And I don't know if you know a lot about military protocol. There was a guy called Schreiber. He was a master warrant officer in the MSE section, which is co-located with supply section. And I was curling with him. And every day, every time we made a shot, I said, nice shot, sir. He said, oh, Bill, you call me Russ here. Russ Scribner was his name. Russ Scribner, Scribner. And he said, you call me, call me Russ, Bill. Okay, sir. And all weekend I did that. Drove him crazy. He got, Monday morning, he walked into work. I was a master corporal. Then. He walked into work. And he says, morning, master corporal. I said, good morning, Russ. How you doing? Did he ever get mad at me? call him by his first name after all those times anyway funny to me did you have a chance to go off the base like when you had days off would you oh. go to different places off the base oh my heavens yeah we, we went to a lot of places i played ball for bruno which was a little town if you remember where bruno was i played in the intermediate league in saskatoon i played for bruno uh pitcher was denny dovin very very good just below the, the semi-professional league, the Saskatoon Merchants, I we play with the Twisters and the Bruno Merchants and things like that. Uh, I was in the fire, the volunteer firefighting crew. We went to a fire in Cudworth one time, a hotel burnt down. Oh. I remember we were inside 
and the floor, we are on the second floor, and the floor fell about two feet. And when you're in there with the cam marks on and all that, the idea is you, you have to feel your way around, but when the floor fell, we couldn't find the door to get out. That was, that was quite the experience. We used to go up to, uh, oh, what was north? I think it was like, oh, anyways, up, up in, uh, there was a big parks way up north, Prince Albert, north of Prince Albert. They had beautiful parks. We used to go camping there. We used to go camping in Watrous. We used to go camping in Humboldt. Yep, but there was so much to do there. Went off the base a lot. Of, but 90% of the time, I went off the base. It was to play sports. There's a guy named Fred Olive. He was a sergeant in the rec center. And him and I played in the badminton league. And we played uh, in, against different high schools. That was a lot of fun. So we were quite busy doing that at one time of the year. The only thing I really remember, as you well know, the winters were so damn cold there. Oh, my goodness. Uh, kids got frostbitten one year, and you know how cold it got with oh, a yeah. windshield factor. It was brutal at times. Mm -hmm. But again, it's probably the best posting I ever had, mm -hmm. and the people were fantastic. I don't, like I said earlier, I don't remember somebody that really upset me that I used to get mad or pissed off. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you edit this, right? Yes. <laughs> Good move. Do you remember your last Dean Dina then? When you I had to leave? What? Do you remember when you had to leave Dana, your last day? My last day in Dana. Well, yep. it was probably July 1976 was the last time I was stationed there. We were transferred to Petawawa. I got promoted to sergeant. And they moved me to Petawawa. And we got in the car, 1966. 1967 Dodge Dart that I bought from a guy named Ron Stewart who was an AD tech at the Hill in Dana. No, it was the, the 1972 Datsun station wagon that I bought from Ron Stewart. He was an AD tech up at the Hill. And he said, you're going on a trip to want a good car? So I sure I bought it from him. Hmm. And we, we headed down to Petawa. It took us about four days to get there. But the last day, just saying goodbye to everybody. After five years, and as you know, a small place like that, what was there, 100, maybe 107 BMQs, the double wide trailer? Uh, everybody became family, especially if you didn't just stick to your own little section. A lot of people just, you know, it was either a curling club, the mess, or sports. I mean, if you weren't doing one or the other, that's the only places there were, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I was in all of it. I worked the bar in the curling club, I worked the bar in the junior ranks, and I played sports. So you meet a lot of people that way. Oh, yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. And, and are you still in touch with anyone from Dana today? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Dave Brown being one, you talk to him. Glenn Bratton. I don't know if you talked to Glenn. He was on the hockey team. Terry Herman. He's in Ottawa. He was on the hockey team. If you haven't contacted, he'd be a good guy to contact. He was there as a radar tech for years. Uh, George Cushane. Oh, many. I can't think of all their names right now. But uh, Lane Johnson, he was in finance there. He's been there. He's out of Newfoundland. We talk quite often. People like that. So we have stayed in touch, and we stay in touch a lot more on the messenger rather than video or chat because, you know, we're all busy with our own lives. Like I said, I'm living in the Philippines, and the time difference is significantly different. We're halfway around the world, as you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> It is hard to stay in touch with people that way, but yeah, everybody, even like right across the street was Mike Rostoka. He was an ME driver. 
He had three daughters, and Debbie Rostoka is married, living in Winnipeg or somewhere. And we stay in touch. Even I remember her; she babysat our children. Mm-hmm. And Carol McGinnis, her dad was a captain up the hill, and her brother Stephen stay in touch with them. Not a lot. You know, I got so I got 368 people on Facebook here, Messenger. So <laughs> if I stayed on that, my my wife here would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to ask people if there's a song, a movie, a TV show, a food that reminds them of Dana. The what? If there's um, a food or a song or a movie or a TV show that reminds them of Dana, their time in Dana. I don't remember watching TV in Dana. I'm sure we did. I okay. know we Sunday nights we used to have movies in the mess. Mm-hmm. A particular song... No, I remember the songs that we sang and the little things we did at winter carnivals. No, I don't remember. We had dances every Saturday night. I don't know how the heck we did that. It was good to be young, I guess. With a DJ or entertainment that came in? What's that? Was it with a DJ or did you have bands that came in? Uh, We had bands quite often. I don't know how the hell we afforded that, but we did. We had bands quite often. I... 71 to 76 DJs. I don't think remember anybody having a GJ. I think we had a sound system in the junior ranks, and we used to put probably eight tracks, probably probably discettes in there and play music. That's all I can remember. Okay. Everybody was drinking and partying, and very once in a while, a couple of people may have had a fight or an argument and taken outside the club and. Get it all straightened out, and they'd be back in with 20 minutes hugging each other, leading, <laughs> leading and hugging. What a life. <laughs> the food I remember from Dana is the box lunches because my dad would bring them home sometimes. Oh, really? So your dad worked up the hill? Yeah, he was a radar operator. He was a radar tech. Okay, so he worked up the hill. He probably, yeah, they see, they worked a lot of shift work and got box lunches. They didn't come down, but we used to go over to the mess. Because the the mess hall was a few in the front door. The mess hall was on the left and was straight ahead of the junior ranks club. And on the other side of the mess hall were the officers and the sergeants. So, you know, and we'd go home at noon hour. On a cold, cold day, we'd go to the mess. Mm-hmm. On, on a noon hour, we had an hour. We could walk home to the PMQs. And I don't remember. We never did box lunch because I didn't work shift work. Would you have to participate in the exercises or when the base shut down for... Oh, we had, oh yeah, we had a box. I never thought of that. We had a box lunch when they had they had the exercise. I remember I was on a a SAT team, a security alert team, or I forget what it was. But I was working with Dennis Bates. He was an Air Force policeman, and Lane Johnson was in finance. And Dennis Bates, and you probably can't say this either, but his he was a master corporal, so he used to be called Master Bates. Oh. You know, that's his name. <laughs> I know you can't publish that. That's not the way you know that. Anyway, there was one time we were up guarding the power plant, which is up behind supply. We're all around there guarding supply, for lack of a better term. And they threw some smoke grenades in. Not, it wasn't tear gas, I don't think. It was about smoke grenades. So everybody grabbed their gas mask and supposed to, to put it on your head. Well, I grabbed mine. Mine was still in the bloody plastic bag. I never took it out and assembled it. <laughs> I was standing with a plastic bag. I said, this isn't going to work. <laughs> I couldn't get the plastic off, and I couldn't get it all assembled, so I just ran down the hill and hid for a while. They never <laughs> knew what was going on. 
But I do remember I was there when they had the missile crisis in Cuba. Oh. And we went on full alert. I don't know how long. It was a few hours. Remember Kennedy's missile crisis in Cuba? Yes. Well, the radar site, I think that was early 70s. We were on full alert during that time. They had a full alert. Everybody said, this is not a drill. This is not a practice, you know. And it was, it was, uh, it was intense because I didn't know I was just a young fella. We just probably in my middle to late 20s. I didn't really get too excited about stuff like that. But it was fun. Yeah. But we were there during that time. Did you keep anything from Dana? Like, do you have any memorabilia or anything uh, you kept from Dana? I get, I get pictures and newspaper articles about playing hockey. And, but to have anything tangible that I have, well, my ex-wife probably has some. Okay. <laughs> but I, I didn't keep anything, though. But I moved from base to base. I mean, I had 26 years in the Air Force. I had about nine postings. And I never took anything because it's a, you know, every posting your dad was in, he probably went from radar site to radar site. But when your dad is in, you go from one to the other, it's a new life. It's a new beginning, in my opinion. So I never looked at the past, hmm. I guess. Yeah. Or I was too lazy to worry about stuff like that. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been in the Philippines now? We've been in the Philippines. I met my wife, present wife, 18 years ago in Saudi Arabia. And we started dating. We're not allowed to date in Saudi. There's no dancing in Saudi, but we met at a dance in Saudi Arabia. And I started dating then for 18 years. We got married and I'm retired and been living here in the Philippines now for five years, Elizabeth. Five, six years we've been here full time. Yeah, up until that time, we were here for a month and we go back to Saudi Arabia to work back. She worked in the hospital in Saudi, and I worked, I was an advisor with the Saudi Air Force. Okay. Well, it's great hearing all your stories and memories. Oh, there's, uh, there's all kinds of things, but memories, like, if you don't write them down there, yeah. they're, they're like a fart in the wind. They're running out of my head all over the place. <laughs> I could write them down. I should have wrote them down as I thought about them, but leading up to this interview so I could remember them. But after we hang up, I'll say, oh, I should have mentioned this. Oh, I should have mentioned that. I just know I should. But I don't right now. I, and I don't know really what you want in the podcast. The podcast, I know you'll edit it and make it, but there's, there's a lot. I just want people to know that it was probably the most special posting. I mean, I was in Europe, I was in Egypt, I was in many places, but Dana is the first place I ever felt the mess was our second home. The people were our second family. And I don't remember ever wishing anybody ill will. And it was it was just a great, fantastic memory. And I don't know a lot of people that stay in touch as much as the people from Dana do. Hmm. I'm sure other radar sites do something similar. But uh, Dana seems to be very special to a lot of people. And it certainly was to me. Yes, this is what I've been hearing from everyone. And then when people share their memories and stories, it triggers other memories oh. and stories for people. Oh. So that's been nice. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I, Glenn Bratton posted a picture of the hockey team, and I'm there in the front row and went in the back row. And I can remember, you may be able to say this, Reg Campbell was the coach, worked in finance. Our goaltender was Lane Johnson. He worked in finance. We go up to Cold Lake after winning the small base championship. We're playing in the big bases. 
I think we tied Moose Jaw, we beat Cornish of Prairie, then it was Coal Lake. Coal Lake beat us 18 to 1. Because oh. yeah, they, they, well, they, they were that much better. They were a big base for a small station. So we got inside. We held them. It was only one or nothing, or, or no, it was 2 1 after the first period. So we got in the dressing room. Lane John was sitting there totally exhausted. He said, I must have stopped 100 shots tonight. And Reg Campbell, our coach, looked at him and said, if it had us stopped 18 more, we could have won that game. <laughs> 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 he had no opinion on Lane. The Lane was looking for a bit of comfort. Mm -hmm. No, stop We could have won that. And Brian scored the first goal. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for chatting with us today, Bill. No, but it was a pleasure, and uh, I hope you can use some of that material anyway. And oh, yeah, for sure. Just like I said, if you just, like I said earlier, just let everybody know that it was a real pleasure to meet them, to work with them, to call them friends and family. It, 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 it's it's just nice. I don't I don't know how how else you can put it. It's just incredible. I will pass on your name to a couple of people I know that okay. may want to do the same thing we're doing here. You edit it. Make me sound really smart if you can. So you're really <laughs> going to do some trick stuff. <laughs> okay. Okay, dear. Okay. All right. Good okay. talk, Tim. Okay. Have a good day. Okay. You take care. Bye now. Bye.